Welcome to Sacred Leadership. I am Sacred Tassias, leadership coach, author, medicine woman, and entrepreneur. And you found the podcast where conscious leaders discuss and explore topics around modern business, ancient wisdom and spirituality, personal development, and success strategies to help you bring more depth to your leadership and create the life and business of your dreams while serving humanity and the earth. Today's guest is an absolute badass woman who radiates this light and positivity, fun, kindness, whatever she goes. Livy Crow is a global mentor for entrepreneurs, helping them grow their businesses and their minds. She is the founder of LC International, which is a marketing strategy company for digital consultants and also the co-founder of The Daily Shift a personal development company for aspiring and accomplished entrepreneurs alike. She's dedicated to helping entrepreneurs see the journey as a bridge to raising the vibration of the planet and then later as a portal for giving back philanthropically, which as you can imagine, I am so into. And When I met Livy in LA through a common friend of ours, I was so inspired by how magnetic and full of life she is. And after finding out more about her journey of bringing more healing and self-care to the entrepreneur journey for herself and, and many others, I felt super called to ask her to join me in the Sacred Leadership Podcast. Last year, I don't know if you know these guys, but I experienced burnout and adding more self-care and more healing into my journey rather than focusing just on the business aspect and thinking that if I keep on going in this hamster wheel, I'll get more results is something I had to learn the hard way. And so when I learned more about the work that Libby was doing, I was super inspired and felt super cool to ask her to come and share with us more about why self-care. So in this episode, we jumped on all things self-care and business from why is self-care so important and the different phases of self-care. So knowing self-care is not just about facials and massages or spa days. It can look in many different ways, like setting boundaries or shortening the amount of hours that we work on a week. So we'll look at how does it look like to take care of ourselves from the perspectives of physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional aspects, as well as tangible business actions and ways of being in our relationships that we get to engage in when we want to have holistic success. So she also gave us some kick-ass tips for that, for holistic success, and so much to walk away with. So make sure to listen closely and maybe even have a notebook while you listen or, you know, sometimes I just take notes on my phone and write them down for later, but make sure to have something with you that you can take notes with because this episode is full of golden nuggets. I hope you enjoy it and keep on listening while we dive right into it. Libby, thank you so much for making time to be here in the show. Ah, thank you for having me, love. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, let's get right into it. So one thing I love about you 
is that you radiate this light and positivity and not only through social media but in person I have been following you for a while and then I had the pleasure to meet you in LA and sit in conversation with you and it is something that seems to be just a big part of you you're just this overflowing funny kind and full of life person and to me that means that you take time to fill your cup and make sure Mm -hmm. your needs are met so you are in this overflow and that is something that a lot of entrepreneurs forget to do, mm-hmm. myself included in the past. And I know that you have an epic course that teaches boss babes and women in business how to take better care of themselves so that they can perform better and feel better amongst many other courses and other offerings that you have. So to start, I would love to hear from you. What is your personal relationship with self-care? What inspired you to create the program Vitamin U? Yeah, well, thank you for the sweet words. Um, yeah, energy is everything, right? Uh, it makes mm-hmm. us magnetic to people and circumstances. So thank you. Uh, you know, I I always practiced self-care just because I love luxuriating. I love relaxing. And I think that's really layered. So my experience was, you know, when I first started out, if we're relating this to entrepreneurship, which you kind of alluded mm-hmm. to, when I first started out, I, I was an elementary teacher. I had a business on the side. And the way that I practice self-care looks a lot different than it does now because my circumstances mm-hmm. were different. So I think it's really important to note that, you know, the, the resources that we have, the time, the energy that we have, um, our awareness around it, all changes and shifts in the season that we're in and, and, um, and all of that. So when I was there, my self-care was like sleeping. I don't know. Like it wasn't even uh, really a thought. Uh, and then yeah. as time progressed, um, you know, and I had more time and space and abundance, I started to realize that, okay, if I keep outpouring into others through my consulting companies that I had and the teams I was building, I really need to make sure I'm pouring into myself because I would feel tired. Or, you know, sometimes if you're pouring out of yourself so often, you feel resentful and so I started to just know how important it was and learn about it through just my own feelings and my body and my experience. So then it started to look like, okay, I'll get a massage and you know I'll make sure I'm, I'm eating in the ways that feel nourishing to me and give me energy and um, making sure that I'm trying to go to bed earlier. So then it started to kind of trickle in what I was realizing, okay, I'm a better person and I'm a happier person to be around mm-hmm. and I can be sharper in my mind and the, the things that I think and say when I'm taking that time for myself. But it wasn't until I had experienced burnout and adrenal fatigue um, a year Mm -hmm. and a half ago that I really took it a little bit more to heart and that it started to be my focus. So I would say that I was kind of just like doing what I thought I needed to do to keep going. That's what I thought self-care was, um, you know, at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, at least. And then it wasn't until burnout that I, I started to see the layers and the depths of it and how it was really emotional, spiritual, intellectual, and physical. And how it wasn't just these things I could do to keep going, but it was a foundational way of being with myself that needed mm-hmm. to shift for me to be able to sustain and to feel my my best. So I would say my real journey with self-care started when I hit burnout, which most of our 
<laughs> the things that we teach, you know, we teach from that place of going to the depths or the edges of an experience and the shadow and the pain of it. And then we're able to come mm. out and teach mm. others. And, and so that's really when it started. So I would say that I was just kind of doing what I needed to do until I had to change. And so that journey over the last year and a half has been profound for me. It got me into health hacking, biohacking, functional medicine, lab testing um, from a more mental, intellectual, physical approach, and then spiritually and emotionally. It allowed me the opportunity to see clearly where I felt excitement or lack of excitement in my company and um, allowed me to pivot and make changes in the way that I, you know, am running my life and my business so that I was more aligned. So in in a way, it's been everything to me to practice self-care and it's been very holistic and multifaceted over the last few years. So we can get into specifics, of course, but that's just to give you an idea. It's not like I popped out of the womb, like self self-care queen <laughs> out of the womb. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. And I love that you mentioned the concept of holistic self-care and self-care in business, because I know a lot of people understand self-care as doing a face mask or doing going for a massage. But I love that you mentioned also looking at your business and seeing what didn't feel excite, exciting. Mm-hmm. Or I know for myself, setting boundaries, not just in my business, but in my personal relationships, was a big thing I did around self-care. So what are, let's say, I'm just very curious to know, what are the top three things that you did for your physical, mental, spiritual um, Mm self-care? And then maybe three top things that you did business-related in order to achieve this holistic success um, or holistic self-care. Yeah, absolutely. So I love that you mentioned also boundaries and, and it's not just, you know, the, the things that we can do externally that make us feel good, which I'm all about. I'm all about the face mask. I'm all about the bubble (laughs) bath. I'm all about massages, but it is, it's, it's, um, it's everything, you know, like the, the way that we're treating ourselves and the way that we're tending to our needs is the way that we're viewing the world and ourselves and our worthiness and our knockness. So it's really everything. It's not just a bath. Um, so I love that you mentioned that. So specifically mm-hmm. when it comes to my, uh, the, the first thing that comes up is, and we'll just do business first. The first thing that came up for me was uh, that I was really good at what I was doing and talking about. I scaled my company past seven figures. It was really easy. I had time and and space to chill. Like it, it was, I was really good at it, but it wasn't bringing me deep joy. So I made the decision to descale my team, which, from a monetary perspective didn't make sense, but from a soul perspective did. So I descaled my team, let go of team members, changed my business model so that it wasn't um, a hardcore scaling model uh, for me. And that was a big decision I made, just feeling uh, like that wasn't in alignment. Like I think we can be good at things, but it might not bring us the most joy, but we get addicted Mm -hmm. to what's working or what we're good at or what makes sense versus what actually feels right. So that was one of the first things in business. Um, the second thing in business was um, actually changing my my model completely. So I was doing high ticket programs, meaning I had an intimate relationship with clients and that we would have one-on-one phone calls or even group um, phone call sessions where I was helping them with their business and uh, mentoring them in their businesses in terms of marketing and strategy and sales and more of the analytical parts of business. And I, I changed my business model to be more of a teacher. So so I 
put, I turned everything into courses instead of these high ticket, super intimate, um, program. So that was in a way for me, a, a hard decision because, you know, they were working really well. We got you know, hundreds of people results, mm-hmm. um, and, and changed lives. And, and at the same time, I know that for me, courses have changed my life. Um, and I know that I could create courses in a way that people could actually go through them and adjust them as a former teacher. Um, so I turned that mm-hmm. my business model into completely something different. And then the third thing about business is. I had really uh, been a slave to my business and I would never have said it like that because mm-hmm. that ambitious Enneagram three atri- achiever in me is like, <laughs> you know, would never think that business put me in its place, but it was. And I made business, business was enmeshed so greatly in my identity that I lost a part of myself. So I had to put business in its place, mm-hmm. which specifically looked like me scheduling less time working, less time on the computer, on my phone, less time yes. in meetings I didn't need to be in and and really saying, okay, what's necessary versus what could I do? Because when we have our to-do list of mm. 500 things, that's not really beneficial to us as humans and as souls and people who have a life outside of the doing. So I learned how to be more by being pretty... Uh, hardcore with my calendar in terms of saying, okay, you know what, I'm going to get this done in two hours instead of eight. Cause I think we can be a little bit wild with our time. Sometimes we feel guilty. Like we need to be working all the time and we, you know, we have 16 hours of the day. So why don't we fill it? And so I learned that for me and to feel really good in my body and to feel happy in my day, I limited the amount that I was actually working. So that was another big one for business. Um, so maybe we break there and we can talk about the other elements, but those were the three things that come to mind right away that have impacted me greatly and also impact the people that I serve so that I feel better, I feel happier, I feel full, and I can give from that place. Mm, that's huge. I love that you shared that. And so important as well, because how we how we mentioned, there is this common misconception around self-care that looks at what we do externally and maybe not the decisions that we make within our business. Mm -hmm. It looks at how many times we go for a massage or a spa day, but it doesn't look at the decisions that we make within our daily lives, the choices that we make constantly that create this level of self-care. So thank you for sharing that. And I love to hear what are some of the things that you do actually externally, the things that you do <laughs> or internally for your body, for your mental yeah. health, for your spiritual. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, for my body, my, I would, I'll start with physical because my body has been such a teacher for me. I, I w- I've always been the mm-hmm. kind of person that feels more moved around emotional healing or emotional evolution. And I, I think some people, they they're more of like body sensory or some people are more intellectual or some people more focused on the soul or some people, the spirit. For me, it's always been emotional. That's been more innate and and intrinsic for me to focus on. So for me, the biggest growth edge over the last two years has been tapping into my physical and what's actually happening in my body. And it's funny because I used to do eating psychology and body image work with women and talk a lot about body wisdom, but there's always layers for us to deepen in. And so I've gotten to know and feel my sensitivity in my body and just as a soul, (laughs) highly sensitive person over here, um, as you probably have um, experienced with them, then also your audience, you know, the empathic kind of Mm -hmm. nature. And 
So, so tuning more into my physical body needs and testing and kind of being a scientist with what I do and how I treat my body has been huge. So specifically I've, um, I've changed the way I eat in that I don't eat sugar anymore and I don't eat grains, gluten, or wheat anymore. And that has given me, and it might sound like, well, that's a restrictive, how is that self-care? But actually I'm tending to my needs of... I'm exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. I'm tending to my needs of energy, of digestion, of clarity, of healing these organs in my body that have been taxed due to stress and maybe not, not nourishing my body with specific foods that do well for my own DNA and individuality. So I started doing that, started drinking more water. I started working with a functional medicine doctor, like I mentioned, and taking supplements that I need for my body, healing my gut. Oh my gosh, the gut is such a big one for, for this. <laughs> and, and doing a lot around the physical that has allowed me um, oh my gosh, just everything. Like one specific example of what that's done for me is I had these migraines every single time I got my period where I'd lose my vision. And it was so crappy because I literally couldn't function. Like I'd just be laying in bed, like blurry vision, like whited out vision basically, and feeling nauseous, feeling awful for up to 36, 48 hours sometime. And now changing the way that I tend to my physical body, I no longer have those, which is just amazing. And I feel better, less bloated, I'm healing. So that's a physical way that I started to dive deeper into how I can tend um, and I can get into more emotional, spiritual, unless you you have anything juicy to add to the physical elements of, of self-care. Yeah, it's huge. I realized I am right now part of a program for high-level entrepreneurs where we look at different aspects of our business and how to scale and all of that. And I was actually asked last week, what are three legendary or top actions you are committing to taking in the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there and thinking, what's one legendary action action I can do? What's like, and then I realized, wait a second, I had pulled my back. I could barely move. Mm -hmm. I was having migraines due to that. Mm -hmm. And I just had this reminder of like, wait a second, my legendary action right now, it's going to the physio, it's getting an MRI, getting clear what's happening with my back and getting that sorted. Mm -hmm. And then everything else will come because if I am feeling this way, there's no point and it doesn't make sense for me to be thinking about what's the next thing in my business. Mm -hmm. I can barely move (laughs) or have my eyes open without being in pain. So that was a reminder for me to just like be so clear on the fact that if we don't feel great within our bodies, nothing else functions. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I love that you mentioned that about, um, having the migraines around your period time, because I know that we are cyclic beings and a lot of women aren't syncing with their, with their cycles and aren't looking at how their bodies are reacting in every different phase of their cycle. Mm -hmm. And I have fun for myself looking at how I feel in each part of my cycle and recognizing that at times my body is telling me that something isn't working and getting clear on what that is, healing that. But not only that, I also schedule my business appointments or tasks as much as I can around my cycle so that I know how I'm going to be feeling and what is going to be the most productive thing for me to do. For instance, when I have my period, I 
do not feel like being on camera is something that I do not want to do. I want to be left alone. I want to rest. I want lots of self-care, pampering time. I don't feel like going out there and doing like anything really. Mm -hmm. So I schedule my, my business around that, knowing that there is a week or a couple of weeks where I'm extra creative Mm -hmm. and I feel like I am on top of the world. I am a machine gun, super productive. I actually call it machine gun week (laughs) and my partner has to know when that happens. I'm like, I'm a machine gun week, baby. I'm like, I just want to work because I know I get super productive in that time. Mm -hmm. And then there are times where I don't. So I feel it's super powerful for us women to look at what happens every month. And all of us have different different ways of reacting to each part of our cycles. But I think it's very powerful to know because a lot of the times our bodies are trying to heal and trying to tell us, hey, there is something within your diet or something within the way that you behave or the things you consume on a daily basis that isn't doing me well. Oh, absolutely. And, and I and I think too, it's almost hitting on, we, we are not able to tune into that unless we're kind of accessing more of that feminine nature, which is the giving yourself enough space to actually feel what's going on, to actually notice what's happening in the cycles and the seasons and throughout the month. And um, that's been a big one for me too, is okay, how, like, let, what's actually going on with the changes and embracing the changes and taking that time to feel into them versus more of the masculine approach that I think I embodied more in the future, which was, mm-hmm. you know, just get through and this sucks. It, it wasn't looking at things as a teacher. I wasn't, I was more rigid and that things need to be this way every day. And so I love that you're mentioning this because it's just activating more of that feminine um, nature and, and allowing and surrender, which was a big one for me too on the, the healing journey. Mm, definitely. And hearing you say this makes me think of, well, when I was listening to you share how you descaled your business and how you started going to less meetings and doing less, um, you're still a very successful businesswoman and I know you're still creating so much and um, supporting so many people. So there's a part of me that wonders, okay, how did you do it? How did you get to be so committed with yourself and your feminine essence that you could let go of certain things Although the world is constantly prompting us to want more and do more and achieve (laughs) more and become more. Um, You know, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, I do leadership coaching and to to see over and over the same archetype played by the women and men I work with, which is do more, achieve more, perform more. Hearing someone that is um, as successful as you are saying this, saying, you know, do less, <laughs> go to less meetings, tend to less things. It's very refreshing. So I guess what I want to know or hear from you is how do you bring this feminine essence to everything that you do? And how can you know what's important and what's not? How can you discern what are the meetings that you need to be in and what are the things that you can let go of? Because I know sometimes the ego really struggles to let go of not working 16 hours a day and not doing all the things and not even things like delegating and hiring people to do certain things that we think we can do better and we know how to do better. 
are things that I have struggled with in the past. So yeah, what would you say yeah. we get to do? For me, you know, it wasn't easy. So for me, my experience was that I had a lot of resistance around this new way of being. Yet at the same time, I knew deep down that it would serve me. So I was in a bit of a resistant limbo uh, for up to a year around this, meaning that I was I was fighting myself in a way. I was fighting my old patterns mm-hmm. and I was one part of me was saying release, let go, receive, flow, <laughs> surrender. The other part of me was mm-hmm. like, heck no, like um do, go, <laughs> don't like it was like these two opposing sides. It was like instead of the yin yang mm-hmm. being like all cute together, there was this magnetic like push against them, you know? <laughs> and so that was intense for me, you know, and it's funny because intellectually I'm like, all right, the side of me that doesn't want to let go, just let go. But, you, you know, our, we're so wired um, and we've learned things since mm-hmm. we were little kiddos. Like, you know, I used to get love the more I achieved as a little girl, you know, like, okay, yes. you're in honor, you're on honor roll, you're in national honor society, you're in student council, you're in every single sport, you're in key club, you're in athletes for literacy. Like everything that I did, I got more love based on. So this isn't just like, I'm mm-hmm. going to, delegate and release and surrender into the feminine. Like this is deep work that I did releasing these identities and these patterns and these beliefs that I've had since I was a little girl. And so the resistance was real for me. It wasn't, it was messy. It was uncomfortable. I didn't like it. Um, But I noticed every day I got just a teeny bit better at maybe doing a little less or letting something go. And to be specific, you know, I have, I, I believe that we should be supported by people who are epic at what they do. So I kept on a couple team members that, you know, they really can support me in a lot of different areas. So having the conversations with them about, I want to let go. I'm not good at this. I would say in, in meetings, I'd say like, I'm not good at letting go. I'm going to need you to ask me how you can support me. I'm used to being the supporter. Um, So just communicating, these are my needs. I know I'll probably pop back into my old pattern. So I need you to stand Mm -hmm. for me and what I'm working towards. And having that support was really helpful. Um, And then in terms of, you know, the business element of what's important and what's not, you know, anything that you don't have to do, why are you doing it? Unless it brings you deep joy. So for me, uh, years ago, I learned that. And so just to do that in a bigger way, like, okay, I don't really have to do to title every one of my podcasts, like it's creative and cool, but someone else can do that. Or, you know, these little things that you can hold on to because you think that you need to be the one to do it. Just kind of going through every little thing that you do, like an exercise to do this, if you know, and you're listening and you're like, what could I let go of? You write down, you know, like you track for a week or two, every single thing you do from checking your Instagram to posting on Instagram, mm-hmm. to answering an email, to bigger things like leading a project or something. You write down everything you do and then you can order them in like things that you love doing versus things that you dislike doing. Maybe you have a big list of 100, 150 things that you do. And then take that second half of the not so digging it to really not digging it. And that's where you can start to delegate. But for me, it even got you know higher up on that list. Like what, what can I really let go of so I can practice being and practice surrendering and doing my emotional and spiritual healing, which we can talk more about. I won't spiral back to that. But uh, honestly, we can mm-hmm. let go of doing a lot. 
Um, I'm inspired by people who are really always in their zone of genius and they're not doing anything that's outside of that scope. Um, and they're really honoring um, their gifts. And I know that it ha- you know, at different times in our business, we wear multiple hats. Like for the first three, four years of my business, I did pretty much everything. I was bootstrapping it. I was, mm-hmm. I was hustling. And so depending on where you're at too, it depends on how much you can be in that zone of genius and, and allow others to support you. But you can start small you know, and, and doing that gives you more energy and doing that allows you to tap into your creativity more. So that's a little bit about how it was for me. It was miserable as if I'm being honest. (laughs) And then now it actually feels amazing. So it was a bit of a learning curve for me to start to embody these concepts of being of feminine of surrender. At first I thought this was all hippie stuff and it wasn't for me and I'm not going to get anything done. And on the contrary is what I found um, reluctantly (laughs) at the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And so timing that you mentioned about the podcast titles, because it's actually something I was having a conversation with a friend a couple <laughs> really? of days ago. And I was just like, I think I need to let go. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like, oh, here's your sign. I think I need to let someone do my podcasting. <laughs> so I'm taking it. I hear you, universe. I'm getting it. Um, definitely. And I'm I'm glad that we waited to, to spiral back to the spiritual and emotional aspects of self-care, because... I love that you brought up the fact that you were recognized and loved for the things mm-hmm. you did, because I think that's something that most of us overachievers have that in mm-hmm. us. Most entrepreneurs, leaders, high performers have that within. Mm-hmm. It is something that we learn, whether we like it or not. The more we achieve, the more attention, praise, recognition, love we get. And we tend to learn consciously or subconsciously, we haven't done the work around that. We may don't even know that that's our pattern, but we tend to learn that in order to be loved, we must be that person, the person that achieves things, the person that performs, the person that is good at things. And I know this was a huge journey for me. And it's something that I still sit with. It's in the top layers. It's dealt with and I'm so good at knowing that I am loved because it's my birthright and all of the mm-hmm. things. But then when I dig deeper and I go like deep, deep into the the core of my being, there's still so many stories around why I can't let go of doing. And the doing my may look like being. It may it doesn't look like achieving things, but it may be like being very good at self-care. Yeah. You know, like there's this I'm like I know that I don't need to achieve things to be loved, but now I have to be very good at self-care to one, be loved. Yeah, it's like a story that keeps repeating like itself. transfers to another thing, right? It's just pattern transfer. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that in order to really look after ourselves, this is one of the biggest stories we get to work on. Because if not, it's it goes from one thing to the other. It doesn't really need to be always achieving things Um financially or professionally but for some people it might be being the best mom of the entire Mm. school or being the best it's it just keeps on transferring from one thing to the other so um what have you done in order to self-care to take care of yourself on an emotional and spiritual aspect that has really made a difference. Yeah. Well, you know, I've done so many things to be honest with you. And I, I love actually experiencing different methodologies, different people, different forms of healing, because 
you know, just doing one, picking one way or doing something one time is, is kind of silly because we're always going to be learning mm-hmm. and healing and growing and, and evolving. So, you know, be open to, to trying something different. So I would say at the beginning, it was really powerful for me to just have a coach, to have a life coach who is trained in spiritual psychology who could really allow me to start to see my lack of love for myself, just deep, unconditional love. So that was where I started is learning to love myself, feeling the pain of not loving myself unless I achieve certain things, understanding my rules I make for myself, my belief systems and my patterning. That was kind of my first dose. And then it led me to books and events and all of that. And most recently, uh, and therapy and all the things, but most recently, what has been the most impactful uh, that I've experienced from a subconscious level, especially around what we've been talking about with childhood stuff, has been hypnotherapy. Now, I think that just mm. like functional medicine doctors or coaches or anything, any profession, you know, you might go to a hypnotherapist and it was okay or, or whatever. You might go to a doctor and they're okay. But I've been working with um, this woman named Grace. Her company is called Grace Space and She's absolutely incredible. I'd say like, you know, a master. And working with her has unlocked so much within me on an emotional and spiritual level, so much deep pain and grief and awareness has been brought to the surface through doing that healing uh, modality. So I can take responsibility and say, oh, I, I'm, I'm saying yes to doing that. But I would say that the the bridge for that has been important for me, the hypnotherapy being the bridge and the end result being being more free from this these past feelings and trauma. And uh, so, for example, you know, we have so much inside of us that we don't even realize we're holding. So my dad passed away eight years ago and, you know, I've, I've mm-hmm. experienced the the feelings of grief The I, I, I'm aware mm-hmm. that there's probably still in there, but through hypnotherapy, I've gone there and the, to experience from a physical place, not just emotional and spiritual, the pain that can stay in our body or the memory that can stay in our body um, and mm-hmm. releasing that, holy smokes, the, the, the lightness that I feel and the, <laughs> the release that I feel from doing that deep work around grief and pain and not just that, but tons of other things in these sessions um, has really impacted me in the way that I can be kinder, more compassionate, more understanding with myself. And so that's been huge for me, um, this hypnotherapy. And then I'll pause, but I also want to talk about how relationship has been really healing for me too. Yes, definitely. Um, good luck together. I also just want to say I'm going to ask you for the link when we finish so that I can add it into the show notes in case anyone wants to go and check it out. Oh, yeah. Sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. Have you done hypnotherapy yeah. before? Yes, I have. But actually only a couple of times I haven't really experienced the epic results that some people speak about. So as you were speaking, I was like, I want the website. Oh, yeah. She I want to go I check mean- this out. She's incredible. I, I've i never experienced any, anything like that. She's a master. And I think that's important too, is like not giving up on the healing that you know you can do. Like, I think there's so many different people who offer mm-hmm. beautiful support, but sometimes it's just not the right fit, you know? So keep, keep trying and experimenting yes. and seeing because we can always get more and more free. Not that you need to always be in a state of healing. Um, I think that's, that's not so good. <laughs> people can do that where they just don't take action or they're not living their life because they're too focused on the healing. Yeah. Um, but 
just always know there's always something to play with and explore. Um, so, so that's been huge for me, um, emotionally and spiritually. And then my relationship, my marriage has been one of the greatest healing containers for me, for sure. And so Mm. I've gotten to have the most epic mirror in my marriage. Scott, my husband is so kind, so patient, um, so loving, so non-judgmental, non-reactive that I've gotten to do a lot of healing and self-care within that loving uh, spaceship <laughs> where, you know, I, I can have, uh, I can be away or, you know, have a pattern or something come up and I met with just love and I met with understanding and I met with someone who we we do this for each other. We create this opportunity Mm -hmm. to notice, to adjust, to play where I've never had anything like that. And relationship, I think, can be one of the greatest containers for our own healing and awareness. And for me, it's been big. Scott sometimes is an advocate of my self-care and my tending to my needs way more than I am, actually. Mm -hmm. So I just have to mention that in there, too, that loving relationships can be such a great opportunity to have things presented to you and mirrored back to you where you can do some healing work. Yes, definitely. I'm very glad you have that, that beautiful relationship. And I know it's definitely something that can be very challenging as well at times because it brings up so much and you get to see things that you may thought you had healed. Already, <laughs> yeah, it's embarrassing. It's so- You're like, okay, wow. Am I eight right now? <laughs> like, it's like yes. vulnerability hangover when <laughs> yes. you're deep in intimacy, right? And it's, and, but it's a person, yes. you know, with you on the path, evolving on the path, they get it. And they're going to get to experience that too, where they're mm-hmm. like, wow, like, thanks for being with me when I just worked that out. Um, and not judging me. And, you know, I'm just grateful that I'm in a conscious relationship and marriage like that. Um, I I found that that commitment to the relationship is just a commitment to myself and doing the work. Yes, yes, definitely. Definitely. I completely agree. And I think relationships and businesses are two of the most spiritual things (laughs) I have experienced. I always say that because they show you all of you, they show the places where you're still holding on to beliefs that aren't serving you, the places where your fears or your mindset mm-hmm. is getting in the way, the places where you get to grow, the places where you get to learn to ask for support. It's definitely, I thought business, having a business was one of the most spiritual experiences I've had gone through until I got in a relationship. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, <laughs> who's this person again? I thought I was this like, super enlightened being until I fell in love and here is so <laughs> it's one of the coolest <laughs> things though when you can be messy and imperfect and that's, that's the good yes stuff. yes definitely um Livy you've created a beautiful aligned and very successful business or a couple of businesses and I know that's something that doesn't happen overnight mm-hmm. And as we've been sharing, you've done it in a way that allows you to live an amazing life too, to take care of yourself, to do the things that you enjoy, to have an amazing relationship. I know you even have the cutest puppy. (laughs) Um, You have a lot in your life. So what would you say are your three top tips for holistic success? Mm. Yeah, I love this. Um, I think the biggest thing that people don't realize when they are diving into full-blown boss mode or entrepreneurship is that 
they got to get good at pivoting, at shifting. So the first tip is about Mm. listening, listening to the truth and being open to adjusting. I think the, the more we can learn to adjust, 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 the better, because what I've noticed is, and what I, what people often talk about when they ask me questions or they're curious is that, you know, I pivoted a lot and that's not because I'm flaky. That's not because I'm not clear on how I want to help people. That's because I adjust to what feels good and what's working, what's not working. And so a big tip for people is, Hey, you're getting signs and messages and information all the time. Um, not just with how much money you're making, but with how something feels. You know, if you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, I got to do this or that, or, oh, I have this call with a client. That's an indicator for you that something needs to be adjusted. So we're always getting presented with information and it's up to us to decide what we want to do with that. Do we want to pivot? How do we want to change? Let me shift or, you know, and I think that People can get attached to models. People can get attached to identities, to names of what they're doing, to their brand, uh, especially with the world that we're in with personal branding and consulting and coaching. And, mm. and the more that you can adjust and shift, not that you need to change your business model all the time. No, it's, it's just that we, it's fluid and flexible is key. So being open to noticing the information, noticing how you feel, noticing how things are going and, and making changes and being open to that has been a big one for me. I, I thought when I started that I would gonna, I was going to have the same business for like 10 years. You know, I, I had no idea <laughs> the fluctuation and the evolution that things would, would change yes. and, and the path. So I would say that's my first one. I don't know if you have any notes on that. I can mm-hmm. move to the next one, but <laughs> love it. Definitely. No, no, I'm, I'm taking notes okay. myself. Yeah, that's the it. biggest one. And then, um, you know, tips for success. The second one is around your community. So I was, I was pretty much that archetype of independence and that, you know, I don't want to rely on mm-hmm. anyone else to support me unless wolf. I'm paying them. Um, and that was just maybe my ego thinking that I didn't need anyone else, but also my little girl inside of me not wanting to get hurt by others or feel like I'm not enough or feel rejection or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, and so uh, to have community, now th- I'm not saying you need 500 people, uh, you know, that's your community, even to have like two people who are on the path with you, who you vibe with, who are committed to what you're committed to, who perhaps even share the same values as you that you can connect with weekly or daily to support you, that you can be honest with and share how you're feeling, what's going on. That's a game changer. That's how you're going to stay in the game. It's long-term. And if you don't have those people in your corner, not just the people that you pay to be in your corner, but actual friends, peers (laughs) to be in your corner, it is lonely and isolating. And I've gotten to really dark times because of this. Like the Entrepreneur Magazine did an article on this, um, on me, where I got to a place where I'd, I'd wanted to kill myself because I felt so alone. This was like about um, mm. eight months into being in business. I was so alone. I'd just broken up with my boyfriend. Um, I didn't feel like I had anyone because I hadn't relied on anyone because I was too afraid, too mm-hmm. embarrassed. So I just wanted to, you know, have this picture of me being able to do it all. And it got to dark times and it can really happen. So my biggest thing for the second tip is, hey, it, you know, people are experiencing the same things you are, no matter where you're at on the spectrum of whatever you deem to be success. 
people are experiencing the same stuff. And I've realized that more and more, the more that I've cultivated friendship and sisterhood and community with people who are, you know, doing similar things is, wow, we're all struggling with the same things. You know, it's just that we weren't Mm -hmm. talking about it because we didn't have that level of intimacy yet. So (laughs) I've, I've also been in a, and uh, I call it my soul sister mastermind, but it's just with two other girlfriends and I, and we're all at different places in our business. And, and we started doing this uh, call every Sunday night, at 6 PM. Uh, we were at different places in the world. So that's the time that we picked. And we each take 20 minutes and share. We share about what's going on in business, about what's going on personally, whatever's present. And then, so we share for about 15 minutes and then five minutes, we're giving each other feedback and support, answering questions. And that container has really helped me push through. So that would be my second one. That's amazing. And it it definitely makes a difference. I noticed a difference a lot. I also was in that lone wolf situation Mm -hmm. and I had this story that that I didn't need anyone. And also... <clears throat> excuse me, that I, that I didn't have time. Mm-hmm. I had a story that I didn't have time and that I just wanted to focus on my business and then do life as if there were separate things. And what I found is that when I started to have friends that were in a similar path, that I could reach out for support, that I could ask questions to, that I could share what was going on for me, everything shifted and the amount of support I have received through those friendships is something that has not only supported me on, on an emotional and spiritual level mm-hmm. so much, but also supported me in creating more results and reaching out to new audiences and new communities and getting creative and yeah, all the things. So it's definitely a mm-hmm. huge one. I love it. Yeah. And yes. the and yeah, the third one, so yeah, it's going to be a bit more practical. I mean, just this is what's coming to me in this moment, um, but I think it's important. So we touched on being able to pivot and be in tune and, and change and evolve and grow and all that. We touched on the importance of community and support and having that be a two-way street so you're not you know, feeling like, oh, I'm on Independence Rock. Oh, wait, this sucks. I want to jump off. You know? <laughs> um, and, and the third one is more practical, meaning that you need to be able to resource yourself. So what I mean by that is so many people uh, are fed this shiny object syndrome online of like seven figures in 90 days and blah, blah, blah. And we scaled this. And a lot of it's amplified BS, if I'm honest. If you really take a look behind mm-hmm. someone's business, not a ton of people are actually killing it, uh, unfortunately. Um, but we see all this shiny, shiny object syndrome. And we think that, you know, okay, I'm going to quit my job then and I'm going to, start my business and it's going to be successful and I'm going to make shit tons of money or, you know, whatever. And the issue with that is that then we're not resourced in terms of money and security and we don't feel safe. And so I see a lot of entrepreneurs go through this where they don't feel safe because they went all in and Hey, I'm all about going all in. I'm the wild soul that does that type of thing. But I also am wise in my resourcing. I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I don't feel safe because if we don't feel safe, we're operating completely off scarcity, meaning we're going to resent people who say Mm -hmm. no to working with us. We are going to be operating from anxiety and stress. That's not hot. That's not magnetic. That's not sexy. We can't serve people or ourselves from that place. And we're just going to be a a ball of stress. This is going to impact our health and our vitality, and we're going to burn out and or quit 
and or it's not going to be a good time. So my, my encouragement is when it comes to resourcing is, hey, if you are on the journey and you feel stressed about money, it's okay to like get a job. It's okay to like get a part-time thing supporting another entrepreneur so it can still be in your wheelhouse of, of genius and excitement. It's okay to you know, do something to support yourself so you're not feeling so unsafe every day because that's, that's not what this is about. This is about us raising the vibration of the planet, of serving each other, of healing, of growing, of evolving. But if it's miserable the whole time, if the journey sucks and it's taking the life out of you and you're sacrificing everything, is that really a good time? Is that really freedom? No. So I would say that the third thing mm. is make sure you're resourced. doesn't matter what that looks like. Put your ego aside. If you need to get a side thing to support you so that you can feel good, that's okay. I don't see people talking enough about this. And um, I've experienced a lot of stress from not doing this, from my ego just saying, nope, keep going. And sure, the fruits came, but they had to come. I had no plan B. I didn't have anyone else to rely on to support me. I don't come from a family where my parents could have done that. So I, I stressed my way through success. And my encouragement through that is that you don't have to do that either. And that you can resource yourself in a wise, conscious, mindful way. You can still get to the results that you want to get to and you don't have to sacrifice for it. So I think it's an important thing to talk about and it does create success long-term and it's holistic. (laughs) Yes, yes, definitely. Thank you for bringing this up because I think that's something that, as you say, not enough people are talking Mm -hmm. about. And I see a lot of people go through this Mm -hmm. stress And I know this has been true for myself as well in the past. And there is a difference between feeling that your soul is going, come on, go all in and going for it when you know you have the the resources or the safety Mm -hmm. net to fall into if you need and constantly being in this stress of I need clients. Mm -hmm. And this is something I tell all of my clients and students. It's very important that you don't come into business with a scarcity Mm -hmm. energy with a scarcity mindset. If you want clients just because you need the money, because otherwise you can't pay rent, what is really the service that exactly. you're doing? So that's huge. And there's two more questions I want to ask you, love. Where, first being, where can people find you? And in what ways can people work mm, with you? Yeah, it's pretty easy to find me, which is great. It's at, everything's at Libby Crow. So my website's LibbyCrow.com. There's a cool blog that I started this year, actually. Um, I've never been much of a blogger, but I started sharing more of lifestyle and and things that light me up outside of just business mentorship this year. So I have a really cool blog um, on on the site. And then I also have a really cool podcast called Behind the Dream. The first season is dedicated to Mm -hmm. what it takes to become successful as an entrepreneur. The second season is all about wellness and being able to practice self-care to sustain, you know, the journey of, of entrepreneurship. And so those are two epic places to start. And then I have two uh, programs that I run personally than one that I co-founded with my husband, but the, the more analytical business strategy programs called the business accelerator. It's a, really, really cool program that everybody with a personal brand or service-based business, I believe should take. It's kind of people joke that, that have taken it. It's like their, um, master's degree in business. So that's a program that I love. It's, it's available now on my site. And then 
Vitamin U, which is my self-care program for entrepreneurs, is really juicy and yummy and kind of goes into some of the things that we talked about together at the first half of this. And and then the other thing I have is called Shift 365, which I did with my husband, Scott. He's the business Buddha. Um, he's so epic. We filmed 365 <laughs> mindset videos for entrepreneurs together. And it's a it's wow. a cool program you can access to. So we, we really got you covered from the, the marketing, the strategy, the sales to the soul to self-care to mindset. And that was a intentional, you know, um, Scott, Scott and I really are here to help solve the dilemmas of entrepreneurs and support them because we believe that entrepreneurs will change the planet, you know, with their ideas and what they have to mm-hmm. offer. So it's, there's a lot of cool stuff available. And then of course on Instagram, I'm all, I'm popping every day over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love following you in there. So if you're not following her yet, <laughs> you definitely get there. Um, last but yeah. not least, in your opinion, what makes leadership sacred? Oh, yeah. Jeez. Unfortunately, I think a lot of the times leadership isn't sacred and people are, people are not activating their <laughs> conscious leadership muscle. Um, so I love the question because I feel passionate about, you know, if you're a leader, this is a big torch that you're holding. Um, this is a, yes. this is a big thing and it's a responsibility that a lot of people just step into without considering what it actually takes. So I love the question. Um, I think it's sacred because, Hey, you know, you are everything to someone and everything that you do, everything that you say has power, has magnitude. And, you know, it doesn't matter the success you've had, the money you've made, who you know, um, it, it matters that, you know, what you're sharing and, and who you are and who you continue to become impacts others. So I find leadership one of the most sacred things ever. And this question evokes a lot within me because I have opinions about it. And I think that not everyone views it as sacred, as I mentioned. So to me, what makes it okay. so sacred is that, you know, you have the power in one Insta story, in one post, in one email, in one conversation to change someone's life forever. And if you're not viewing it like that, you got to get real. It, it does. It will. So I, I view anytime we step into our, our voice, anytime we say, I'm enough and I'm worthy and I have something to share, and we're doing it from a genuine place where we're kind, where we're meeting people where they're at in their views, where we're being mindful about what we're sharing, I think is, is the powerful sacred thing. So I think it's everything. Uh, and I think that it can be done more and more mindfully. If I'm honest, especially with the internet, um, people sometimes forget the power of, of really what they're saying, what their words mean. And so my hope is that, yes, you know, through, through me just kind of rambling about how much I care about this topic, that that someone starts to think, oh, it does matter. And maybe I can slow down a bit and, and think about what I'm saying. Not that you need to craft something perfectly all the time, but giving context is important when you're sharing, honoring different opinions and sides, I think is important when you're sharing for conscious leadership. Yes, definitely. Being intentional yes. with it. Thank you so much. Thank you for this answer. Thank you for making the time to being on the show, Sacred Leadership. And for who you be and everything that you do, 
in the world. Thank, Thank you, love, for making this available to people and your brilliance and everything that you share. You're such a special human. I'm so grateful that you're in my life. And thanks for having me on your show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you loved it, please be sure to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. I truly appreciate your support and contribution. And I've got a special invitation for those of you listening that are conscious female entrepreneurs wanting to take your leadership and business to the next level. What if everything you thought about success was actually in the way to your true fullest potential? Starting in April 6, I will be leading a small group of women through a four-month journey to access their infinite potential as leaders, getting out of the hamster wheel and getting in the real game through focusing on business, not simply from a technical and strategic perspective, but from the one that takes in consideration the emotional, energetic and mental aspects that need to be in alignment in order to truly succeed in a way that feels spacious, empowered and joyful. The women that joined the previous round of Infinite Leadership are raving about this program because of the results they created within their lives and businesses. We have so many powerful modules, epic guests, mentors, and guest healers so that you get the most of both worlds, understanding from a strategy side what is needed within your business to take it to the next level, but also understanding from an emotional and energetic perspective what gets to shift within yourself to take your leadership and business to the next level. So if this resonates with you, head to my website, www.secretassias.com slash infinite leadership. I am leaving this link in the show notes for you to apply today for a discovery call to see if this is the right program for you.